Okay, so listen, we have an amazing contest that's going on until Friday, January 23rd, 2015. We want to know which song do you think would be the best song to help you survive a zombie apocalypse. Yes, a zombie apocalypse. Listen to Edge of the City episode 137 at nomoreradio.com and you'll hear why. And you could also win one of five copies of Lauren Wilson's The Art of Eating Through the Zombie Apocalypse, a cookbook and culinary survival guide. Do you like our podcasts? You can subscribe on iTunes and also take a minute to rate and review them. And if you're a fan of this podcast, check out the other great podcasts at nomoreradio.com. Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, host and producer of Confabulation, which is Montreal's premier all-true storytelling series. Every week on Confabulation, the podcast, we bring you one of the stories from our live events. All the stories you hear here are true as we can tell them, as shared by the people that lived them. This week on the podcast, we've got a story from Sage Turtle. Sage is one of my favorite storytellers in Canada. She's actually based out of Toronto, and I think one of the things I love most about doing this show is finding the different ways, the different methods people have of telling their stories. And Sage has just such a beautiful organic energy for storytelling. She works hard, she really prepares her stories, and they they feel so natural coming from her. Uh, we love her stories. This one is from November of 2013. The theme was Saving Our Planet, Saving Ourselves. And this is a story of Sage roughing it. We'll leave it there. Enjoy Sage Turtle. Fifteen years ago, I'm living in suburbia. I wear dresses. I have long bleached blonde hair down to here and earrings. I have a husband who looks a lot like that guy with short hair and glasses, kind of corporate. He works in the pharmaceutical industry. We have a picket fence. We have a car. We have a cat. We have eight cats, but the important cat (laughs) is crippled and brain damaged. Technically still a cat. Every day, my husband, Todd, goes off to work, and I am home with our new baby. I love the baby, but he is so bad at conversation. And I have a really low boredom threshold. And I know there are so many parents who are just like, just sitting in the room with the baby and looking in its eyes. I just feel such a, I don't, I'm, I love it. I just don't want to spend eight hours a day alone with it. It, him, it's a boy. Uh, So then Todd goes on a business trip and he's gone for four days. Four days is an incredibly long time if that is a good chunk of the time that you have been out of the womb. And when he gets back, the baby is incandescent with rage. Not only has Todd gone away for four days, he's gone away and left him with somebody who is constantly trying to have conversations with him and he can't do that. Todd is walking around the house and the baby is screaming, actually reaching for me, which he never does. And Todd is saying, I don't think I want to be this kind of dad. I don't think I want to be the kind of dad that gets up at 6 o'clock in the morning and comes home at 8 at night and maybe is home for the weekend. 
and I say, let's do something different. Todd quits his job. I don't have a job. We live in suburbia. Todd quits his job. We cash in our 401k. We move to the middle of the woods in the middle of the Bible Belt in the middle of America. We buy a tent, a yurt made of canvas and wood. It has a real wooden door with like a bathroom lock on it to keep us safe. <laughs> and we move in. We are off the fucking grid. We don't have any plumbing. We poop in a bucket. We compost everything. We don't have any electricity. What we do have is sitting together and watching our son take his first steps. What we do have is sitting together and hearing his first word, which is, of course, daddy. And what we do have is watching a herd of wild cats frolic in the woods. We're just like that guy who took care of the chimpanzee, except it's domestic cats. And <laughs> for two years, life is really amazing. At the end of two years, my husband no longer looks like this guy. He has a tie-dye shirt on, and he has long hair and a big old beard and a tie-dye bandana to hold his hair back. I have a crew cut. I wear as little as possible. Our son is two years old, and it begins to snow. You know how cold you're all feeling right now? It isn't like that in the beginning. Snow's coming down. It's beautiful outside. The wood stove is perking away. We've got Vince Giraldi on the battery-operated boombox. Da-da-da, da-da. But then it just keeps snowing. Day after day after day. Now when we go to empty the poop bucket like good hippies, we're wading through snow up to here. We can't drive anywhere. The closest store is 15 miles away. After the first week, we run out of lamp oil, which means we can't do anything after dark, which happens about 3.30 p.m. at this point. Another week goes by we run out of propane gas for the stove, which is not actually a big deal because all we have left to eat is this big carton of black bean salsa couscous mix. I don't know if you guys have ever had this. It's by Fantastic Foods. It's vegan. Uh, you open it up and you take the kettle, which has been boiling on the wood stove, and you add the boiling water, and then you take a spoon and you mix it up really well, and then you choke it down. And this is all we have to eat for the next three weeks. We don't get angry. We're not like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. We just get really hungry and deeply depressed. 
so that when the snow actually stops on the 30th day, we run outside and we dig out the car and we go on this very ill-advised trip to town, all 15 miles slipping and sliding. We get there, we stock up at the library, we get propane gas, we get lamp oil, we talk the ear off of every human being we see, and then it begins to snow again. So we have to go back to the yurt. I put on an audiobook to entertain our son, and Todd is hooking up the propane gas because, by God, he's going to make something for dinner that does not have black beans or salsa or couscous in it. <laughs> and I am filling up the lamp oil when suddenly, from outside, there comes a sound. <laughs> And Todd says, that's a bear. Not a sweet little grizzly bear just trying to save her cub from the mean bulldozers. No, this is a really angry bear that wants us to die. <laughs> now, I never knew what I was going to be like when the apocalypse came. I always sort of thought that I would be the first ones the zombies bit and then I would infect my family and that would be my role in the apocalypse. But it turns out, no, I'm the leader. I'm the one who takes care of my family. I run around and I pull down all of the shades of the yurt. And then I lock the bathroom lock on our door. And then I say, okay, we all have to sit in the middle of the yurt and be really quiet so the bear can't see us, the bear can't touch us, and the bear can't hear us. My son, of course, sits there going, is there a bear? And we're like, shh, be quiet, shh, shh, Now Todd and I, our hands are shaking like this. We are planning our deaths. And Todd says, I have an idea. Okay. He starts getting on his shoes. I'm going to go out the door. I am going to run as fast as I can to the neighbor's house, get his shotgun. And then I'm going to run back, and I'm going to shoot the bear in the head, and I'm going to save my family. My husband, in his tie-dye shirt and his little bandana holding back his long hair, who is an anti-gun activist who has never seen a gun in his life, this is his plan. And as I am explaining the reason that this is not a tenable plan, we hear a new sound. <laughs> And I say, that's the cat, not just one of the other seven. No, it's the crippled, brain-damaged cat, the one who can't get away from a toddler, much less a bear. And I get up and I say, I have to go save the cat. Todd catches my arm and he says, Sage, you have a son now. You have to think of him. So I sit back down 
the longest three minutes of my life listening to this and not being able to do anything. And in the terrible silence that follows, there's an, a new sound. It's the sound of the boombox turning over the tape. And I know the next thing we're going to hear is, hello, and welcome to the children's audiobook hour. And the bear is going to hear. And he's going to come, and he's going to rip down the canvas walls, saying, where is my forest? And then he's going to eat me, and he's going to eat Todd, and he's going to eat the baby as a delectable dessert. And I gesture to Todd, and I say, turn it off. Turn it off, turn it off. And Todd leaps for the boombox and he hits stop. And this is what we hear. Turn it back on. So we learned so much about living in the forest in Europe, but mostly what we learned is if your boombox batteries are excessively cold, it sounds just like a bear outside eating your cat. We learned so much about isolation also and, and what you will believe. Uh, so the next morning, the sky is a sapphire blue. The ground is covered in sparkling snow. And my son wants to go outside, so we put him in eight layers of clothes and we send him out. And he starts turning around in a circle. Mama, I'm shining. And he is, he's shining. And then the Republicans get worse. And then they get worse and then they get worse. And we're those American hippies standing around in our tie-dye saying, if the Republicans get any worse, we're moving to Canada. And then the Republicans get worse, so we move to Canada. And I do wonder if one day, when my son is an old man with a grizzled beard, if some young kid like you is going to come up to him and say, hey, you were in America. All those years ago, what was it like? And he'll say, we all lived in the woods. <laughs> we all lived in the woods, and we were all shining. Confabulation will return a bunch in February, actually. We've got two shows scheduled in Montreal. The first is Saturday, February 7th at Mainline Theatre. That's Confabulation Presents Good Date, Bad Date, Stories of Extremes in Dating. As is my recollection, all dating is extremes. Then we return for Nuit Blanche on Saturday the 28th, still at Mainline, still at 8, but we'll be doing the latest iteration of Confabulation Presents The Shortest Story, 32 two-minute stories, 32 two-minute or less stories, I should say. One of my favorite nights of the year. We're going to have to take a breather in March, but after that, we'll be back in April on the 4th.
Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out confabulationmontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation, the podcast, is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at montrealimprov.com. 